Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about what it looks like to obey God. I also welcome my guest, Sharika Chu, to share her journey on the joy of obedience. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible has a lot to say about obedience. We have seen over and over just how important it is to God and the dire consequences that happen to those that don't obey. In Deuteronomy 30, the Bible tells us, When you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey Him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, according to everything I command you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where He scattered you. Even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your ancestors, and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. When you obey the Lord, your God will make you more prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your land. The Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous, just as He delighted in your ancestors, if you obey the Lord your God and keep His commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and idols and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. So just like God said in Deuteronomy, He has required obedience from His children since the beginning of time, all throughout the Bible and all throughout history. You know, we can go all the way back to the beginning with Adam and Eve to see the consequences of disobeying God. Let me tell you, friends, Satan offers sinful pleasures, but there's always a price tag. We are still paying the price passed down from Adam. But our obedience should not be motivated by fear. We want to obey God because we love Him and we trust Him that His plan for our lives is better, that His timing is perfect, and there's no FOMO. You know, we're not missing out. God wants to have a love relationship with us. And when you have that love relationship with Jesus, then you don't obey out of fear. You obey out of desire. You know, when I picture God, I picture Him as a good, good father. You know, just like a good father disciplines his children when they disobey, God disciplines us. You know, there's consequences when we disobey God, but there's great blessing that comes from obedience. The choice is ours. And let me tell you, friends, I'm a walking testimony of what it looks like to obey God no matter the cost. And there really is no better life. God's promises remain true that when we obey, There's prosperity, there's favor, there's protection, and there's supernatural peace. Now, I want to welcome my guest, Sharika Chu, speaker, author, fellow podcaster. We actually just met at a recent conference where she was one of the guest speakers, and she shared her story and she spoke on obedience 
And then when I went to her merchandise table, she's selling these cups that say, obedience is my happy place. I said, yes, girl. <laughs> Sharika. Hi, how are you? So good. How are you? I am great. So good to have you today. That is good to be here. Thank you so much. Yes. So share with us who you are and tell us about your ministry. Awesome. Thank you so much. Again, I'm Sharika Chu. I am the founder of Well Ministries. I actually um, co-host a podcast called The In-Between, um, and I help men and women of faith address heart wounds that, if left unchecked, have the potential to derail purpose. The reason I do that um, or work in that type of ministry, honestly, is I haven't always, of course, been like that. None of us have, you know. Um, I have had my own sidetracks, you know, walking with the Lord. And um, I grew up in a really kind of rough situation and it caused me to kind of close my heart off to God in some spaces. And so I was only able to fully obey him in certain areas of my life. And um, we all have those where we kind of obey um, where it's comfortable or where we're used to in our church or um, what everyone else is doing. But there was just a part of my heart that was kind of closed off and felt like God didn't care for me. Um, And because of that, I was um, one of those Jacob type people who's kind of self-sustaining all the time, taking care of me. And um, I found that that caused me to turn my back on God in a lot of ways and got me into a lot of trouble. And when I got to a place where I crashed and burned, which we all do when we don't obey God, when I finally got to that place of crashing and burning, I learned the very hard way that obedience is the best way. And so I built my entire ministry at this point on just helping people understand that fully obeying God with your whole heart is the best way. Um, and I'm learning in the season of my life that I'm mean, obedience is literally my happy place. It's like, <laughs> I love it. It's easy, you know, for us to feel like, Oh God just wants us to do all this work and he doesn't care that I'm sad or I'm tired, but really God is calling us into obedience because he knows that's where joy is. And when we're sad and we're retired, obedience is the remedy for those things. It's not, um, God just not caring about us. And so, um, well, ministries is one of my favorite things to do and trying to help the church understand that this is where joy is. And that's why the enemy fights us so much in that area. So true. So true. Well, he knows what's on the other side of obedience, right? Yeah. Yeah. He knows (laughs) and he hopes we don't know. And so he tries to interrupt that for us. Yeah. Absolutely. He knows that on the other side of obedience is purpose. Yeah. So he tries to deceive us, you know. Yeah. The enemy wants to lie to us and make us think that we're going to miss out or God doesn't really have our back or maybe he didn't really tell us to do that. Maybe that's not really his promise. Maybe it's expired. Maybe he changed his mind. Yeah. The devil knows that a Christian who is fully confident in Christ and who is completely surrendered and trusts God no matter the circumstances, is a force to be reckoned with for the kingdom. That's a heavy hitter right there. Yeah, absolutely. And Sharika, you know what I love about you? You know, there's one thing to obey God because he told you to, you know, you're dragging your feet or you're miserable or complaining because you think you're missing out. So many Christians are being obedient, but they don't have the joy of the Lord. Yeah. You know, but for you to say that obedience is your happy place, that can only come from supernatural perspective and a deep knowing relationship with Jesus. Yes, yes. Share with us where that came from and why obedience is your happy place. 
Yes, absolutely. So, you know, we are, we're all called to obedience, you know? Yeah. We, we know that. Like, um, that's just what we learn in church. If you've been in church any amount of time, we know we're called to obedience, but we don't always understand why we're called to obedience. And a lot of times obedience causes us to sacrifice things we don't really want. Yes, girl. Almost always, you know, obedience that pleases the Lord requires sacrifice. You know, it costs you something. Yeah. So that's why most people are not obedient or not happy to be obedient. The enemy uses the same sentences that God uses. God will say, I, Shereke, I want to use you. And the enemy will say, all he wants to do is use you. You know, and he makes it, he'll twist the sentence and make it like, oh, he just wants to use you. And God is like, yeah, I just want to use you. <laughs> I, I do want, I want to use you and I have a plan for you. And they're bigger and greater than anything you can imagine. And I'm walking in that these days. I'm walking in it. The enemy will come through this broken part of your heart and try to use this piece of what you feel like God won't give you, try to exploit that. Um, and so because of that and because of where I am on the other side, I really do have a compassion for that woman, for that man who is really wanting to honor God, really wants to do what God is saying, but feels like really not able to be vulnerable to him because of trauma or whatever has happened in your life has kept you from feeling like it's safe to obey God. A lot of times people don't just, it's not like, oh, I just woke up wanting to be rebellious. I'm afraid of obedience. I'm afraid of what it, what will happen or what God will say to, for me to do or call me to be. You said two things that stood out to me. One being surrender, which surrender and obedience go hand in hand, right? Yeah. You can't really obey God if you're not giving Him everything and trusting Him with your life, trusting Him with everything, your every day. So really, in order to be obedient, we have to surrender. Right, right. That's why God tells us in the Bible that we as believers, as Christians, need to take up our cross and follow Him. You know, there is a cross to bear. There is surrender. There is sacrifice. Right. God will call us out of our comfort zone. I mean, that's where He does His best work. Yeah, yeah. There is denying our flesh and giving up our rights. <laughs> but really, it's not horrible like it sounds. It's actually what it looks like to be living your best life, full of purpose, full of peace, and full of joy and favor. There's no better life. So really, we need to come against the tired lies Satan loves to tell that obedience will make us miserable. That's a bold-faced lie from the enemy because he wants to keep us stuck and not living in our full potential. But the truth is, like I always say, favor follows radical obedience. Oof, that's good. I can tell you that when God told me to leave everything behind, everything that was comfortable, it was a huge sacrifice. It was very hard at first, especially because he was requiring me to give up everything in the darkest, most lonely time in my life when I was experiencing great heartache and loss. That's when he told me to give up everything. It really tested my faith. I'll tell you, the faith that can't be shaken is the faith that has been shaken. Yeah. God will eventually call you out of your comfort zone. And when he does that, you must rely on his perfect track record. He's never failed us and he's not going to start now. Man disappoints and man fails, but God won't. God has had to remind me over and over that, you know, my ways are not your ways. They are so much greater, so much higher than yours. You know, I don't move like you. My timeline is not your timeline. 
Like the Bible tells us, we must trust Him and not lean on our own understanding. Right. The other thing that you were saying, Sharika, is that, you know, the enemy will say similar things as God in order to deceive us. And it's really because all he can do is counterfeit. All the enemy can do is counterfeit. He's never original. The only thing that he can't counterfeit is love because he doesn't know how to love. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I always say, you know, it's really, it's impossible to fully obey God without healing our hearts because it takes, it takes vulnerability. It takes trust to be obedient. And so, and because, and because God will ask us to do things that make no sense, <laughs> he will ask us to do things that are above us. It's, I'm not going to do something that you asked me to do that feels dangerous unless I absolutely trust you. Right. It's like, okay, this doesn't really make sense. It's not really what I would do, but I trust this person and I know that they have my best interest at heart. So it's kind of like when you jump out of a plane, you know, like when you bungee jump, you trust the guy who's doing this job. You wouldn't just have a random guy just push you out of a plane, right? Because I trust, (laughs) because I trust that this is what you do and you're an expert. I'll jump because I trust you. And so I, I'm, I try to help people when I, I do one-on-one prayer counseling sessions with people to try to help them understand, first and foremost, give yourself grace for the brokenness in your heart. We have a tendency to condemn ourselves so much that we are afraid to talk to God about the brokenness because we're so like, we feel so guilty that it's like this. And that's the trick of the enemy. And he, he uses that against us when God really wants that to heal that. He wants to have that conversation with you about that piece of your heart. Um, so if we first would give ourselves grace the way we would our own kid. Like, oh, I see that this looks and feels like good to you. It makes sense to your 12-year-old self. Um, but me, mom, is a little bit wiser. Let me help you through the process. Um, if we could give ourselves that type of grace then God will be able to heal those pieces of our hearts and we would be able to trust better. We would be able to trust more fully um, if we would just honor the fact that, okay, the reason I don't want to do this, God, is because in this space in my heart, this little piece of my heart, I, I do have a brokenness. I mean, my dad was abusive. I didn't make that up. You know, I, I don't really have a track record of seeing a good man in my family in general. Like I didn't make that up. So it hurts, Laura. And it's hard for me to just say, okay, I'll do relationships your way when you haven't really shown me what your way is. God will honor those things. We have a tendency to feel like he won't help us in those spaces and that he'll judge us, but God will honor those places if we give them to him. Right. It's so true that being wounded and jaded, you know, not knowing who to trust can keep you from being obedient. You know, even for me, growing up in church, loving Jesus, I wasn't always living surrendered and obedient. Not only was I hurt by things that happened in my family, but I had a very independent spirit. I thought that as long as I stayed moral, kept the Ten Commandments, and was nice to people, then that was obeying God, and that was all I needed to do. But God blew my mind when he showed me what true obedience is. You know, true obedience is giving up things that aren't sinful. I just remembered an example of this when God called me to something when I was super young. It was kind of crazy. While I was chaperoning at a youth retreat, God spoke to me through a prophetic word from the guest speaker at the retreat. He straight up told me, to get rid of my TV, that it was ruining my relationship with him. I was like, what? 
It didn't even make sense because I wasn't a couch potato. I didn't even watch a lot of TV. So I'm not sure why, but there was confirmation in my spirit. I knew I had to do it. So I got rid of it. And I did not have a TV for 15 years. And the truth is, I didn't miss it. You know, there's so much garbage on TV. And I would go to other people's house and I was like, wow, I don't miss this. So no, TV is not a sin. And God is not telling everyone to get rid of their TV because what God requires of one person will be different than what he requires of someone else. But whatever it is that God wants you to get rid of, it's important that you're obedient. True obedience is allowing the Holy Spirit to easily convict you. True obedience is obeying right away when he tells us to do something, right? True obedience is staying humble and being a quick forgiver. It's not religious. You know, it comes from an intimate relationship with Jesus. He wants to completely make you whole, to consecrate you, so that you will live a life that is set apart and holy. I'm telling you that independent spirit had me driving the car, but once I surrendered all, but now Jesus has taken the wheel. He's the one driving and I'm not even the passenger. I actually sit in the back seat and I don't even know where we're going sometimes, you know, but I trust him. I don't need to be a backseat driver or take over. I trust God completely with every detail of my life. And that's what he wants from us. We really can't say that we are Christians, Jesus followers, if we're not following him. You know, I think of the disciples. When Jesus told his disciples to follow him, they dropped everything, left their careers and followed him. It was instant. They didn't question him. They didn't ask a friend for confirmation. They didn't Google it. They didn't fast and pray about it. They immediately obeyed. So us being Jesus' disciples, we need to do the same. You might be asking, you know, how do I even know if I'm obeying God, if I'm in His perfect will for my life? I don't really even hear Him speak. I don't even know if He wants me to do something. Well, the first step is to surrender. When I say surrender, What that looks like is you getting on your knees and saying, Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you want in my life, I'm yours. And once you surrender, start to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to easily convict you of things that God wants you to get rid of or things he wants you to do. Or if there's someone that you need to forgive, whatever it is, start to be sensitive to the voice of God. Remove distractions, get in your quiet place. And be sensitive to his voice because he's always speaking, but we're not always listening. So humbly surrender and allow him to be Lord of your life. And I guarantee that you'll start to get the clarity and direction that you need. I tell you, friends, God is trustworthy. You just have to trust him and know for a fact that he got your back because he really does. You know, one of my favorite life verses is Jeremiah 29, 11. A lot of people know this verse, but you know, it talks about God knows the plans for us. It's not to harm us, but to give us hope in a future and that we will find him when we seek him with all of our heart. So in order to live that good life, we need to be surrendered. And, and knowing someone has your back and having that trust comes from building relationship, right? Yeah, right. And so... What has been really helpful for me is God has given me like instructions on how to do that. Cause I mean, still just even when everything fell apart, I didn't just automatically trust him. You know, I still was broken. I still was hurting. Um, what got my attention was that he was there. So I was like, okay, 
you're still here, which makes no sense. At least I know you love me. And the Bible tells us we love him because he first loved us. It's when we get that revelation that he really loves us, that we're even able to start to love him. And that's the beginning of the relationship. But then I realized you're here and I'm at my worst, which means I could have been honest with you the whole time. I could have been honest and I should have been honest. And I should have told you from the very beginning, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And I've learned in this process that God is a big boy. <laughs> you can say to him, I don't trust you. And he won't even shake. You know what I mean? Yeah. He knows it all anyway. Yeah. He's like, thank you. Let's be real about this. You know, stop lifting your hands and saying, I love you when deep down, you don't even trust me. So let's have that conversation. And so um, I based the ministry on four principles um, of the heal method of, of what I call the heal method to honor your emotions, to examine your heart align your thinking, and then lean on Jesus. And so we have to give ourselves grace and time to honor our emotions and and understand the enemy is going to try to tell you that God doesn't care. And that is an absolute lie. Yes, it is. He cares about how you feel. The worst, scariest, most vulnerable, dirtiest thought you have, God cares about where that comes from and why you feel it. And he wants to help you find the root of it. Because he knows that fruit will keep coming out of it if you don't deal with the root of it. And so we can't just hide and pretend like those thoughts don't exist or those feelings don't exist. God wants to deal with them. And so when we can really be honest about those things um, and give them to God, then we can start to say, okay, Lord, why do I feel this way? Where is this coming from? And allow God to then give us truth for the lies that we've been believing, like replace those lies with truth. But it's hard for us to take in the truth when we haven't dealt with the fact that we are literally clinging to a lie. Most of us are not just believing lies. We build our lives on these lies. We protect ourselves with these lies. And so for somebody to come along and say, let me have that, when this is all I feel like I have to protect me, that's not something people are just going to do very easily. Um, And so having a process to do that um, and having support to do that is really, really important. So we don't wait until everything crashes and burns, you know? Yeah. I think back that, you know, even though I was at rock bottom, I still was radically obedient. And I think back on why that is. And I really believe even though I was hurt by people, deep down, I knew that God is still good. I really believe that that is the root of it all. Too many Christians are living jaded and they don't really believe that God is good. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely. I don't believe that you're good. I don't believe you're, you're, or I don't believe your definition of good is the same as my definition of good. Couples in the church and they'll say, oh, it's good. You know, I'm growing and yeah, it's not always fun, but it's good. And we don't want that definition of good. We want good to be fun and comfortable and we want to feel protected and we don't understand what God means by good. And we're not ready to surrender our definition of good. And so I just rather just pretend that I believe it Mm -hmm. because this is what everyone's doing. That was so good. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Obedience isn't easy, but it's very rewarding. I tell people all the time, it's not always easy. It's not. Um, It's not always fun, Um, but it's always worth it. Always worth it. I've never, ever obeyed God and looked back and thought that was a waste. Amen. Or 
that was worse than what I had. Never. I actually asked God one time because, you know, the enemy, like we said, he'll try to trick you. Right. And so I was, I asked God, I said, Lord, are you the God of bait and switch? Like, would you like take dangle a carrot in front of my face to make me follow you? And then at the end, give me something worse. Would you do that? And of course he's like, absolutely not the God of bait and switch. I am the God of better still. Mm. I may not give you at the end what you expected to get. It may not look what you look like, what you thought it would look like, but trust me, it will be better still so much better than anything you can imagine. And so the enemy will say to you, you keep following him. He's, you know, it's not going to be what you want. It's not going to look like what you want. And that's true. And that's okay. Because what I want and what I create, that's the thing that's not good. We don't know how to want good. We don't even have the capacity to know how to completely want good. We have to get to the point of, Lord, please transform the way I see good. Transform my perspective of today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Yeah. What should I want? Where should I be? Um, Not my will, but yours be done. Um, And when we get to that point, God can really move in us in a way that, I mean, I just can't even explain how, why that's the best way I can come up with it. Obedience is my happy place is the best way I can put words to the life God is trying to give me right now. And I know these are not the best words, but that's all I got. It's like, Oh, when I feel sad, Oh, when joy feels far away, if I just do what God asks me to do, somehow strength comes, somehow joy comes. We got to stop saying it doesn't make sense. We have to start saying it doesn't make sense to us because it does make sense to God. It makes sense in the heavenlies. It makes sense where it matters. And for us, our limited thinking is why it doesn't make sense. Not that the thing doesn't make sense. So true. You know, my whole life changed after I started praying that God would give me his perspective on my life because I started to see things the way that he sees things, you know. We have to stop trying to fit God into our box. You know, we are just human. You know, he is the almighty creator of the universe. He spoke the world into existence. You know, his ways are higher and greater. You know, when he says that he's going to do things in us that we never imagined, of course, it's not going to make sense to us because we never thought of it. Right. (laughs) Or it looked like anything I should have thought of on my own. It's going to look different. Yeah. And honestly, I'm at a point now where I barely pray about it. If I know that it's something uncomfortable, it's something that I would never do on my own. <laughs> I just assume this must be God. Yeah. And I get excited now, finally. Now I'm like, ooh, I wonder what's going to be on. It's almost like Price is Right. Like, I wonder what's going to be on the other side of this. Because I've gotten to a point now that I know he's he's planning something big. You know, it's like God doesn't do stuff halfway. Like, he's showing off for me. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, this feels uncomfortable, but okay. What's, you know, what's coming, you know? (laughs) Same here. I get excited. I look forward to those spontaneous Jesus adventures. I just never know what he's up to, you know? That's why it's such a lie that you'd be missing out if you obey God, because he is so fun and there's never a dull moment. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And how are you growing me? What am I getting? The level of confidence that I've gotten from growing. And I mean, and we know this in the natural, right? And we know this. We know that if we want to slim our waist, we got to go to the gym. Uncomfortable, not fun, but we got to go. If we want our teeth to be healthy, we go to the dentist. Uncomfortable, not fun. But these are things we do 
for the reward on the other side. But when we get to God, we want it. Oh, we want it to be so comfortable. That doesn't even make sense. Nothing worth doing or worth receiving comes easily. We have to put some kind of work into it. And the thing about with God is that he's done all the work. That's the crazy thing. He's done all the work. All he's asking is for us to follow and surrender. Give me the thing. If I told you now is not the time, you don't need to hold that. Let me have it. It's all. And we're hanging on and clinging on to things that we think we need when he's trying to give us something so much better. Well, you know, we live in a culture in a generation that's always looking for a quick fix. We're always being told, you know, get the faster phone, get the faster internet, get the faster this, you know, just jump on an app and get a man, get a woman, you know. We're being conditioned by culture to not want to wait for anything. We're constantly being told by, you know, social media, by commercials, by movies. You know, if you want something, then just go and get it. It's yours. You know, you only live once. But that whole mentality is from the enemy because God does not work that way. I mean, look at every Bible story. When God was planning something that would impact a generation, you know, that was life-changing, He often would make you wait and prepare and work before things came to pass. I often tell people, you know, we live in a microwave generation, but God is a crockpot God. (laughs) Absolutely. And He's going to make you chop up the ingredients. (laughs) You're going to have to cut up the carrots. You're going to have to put everything in. It's going to take some time. But crockpot meals are so much better than microwave meals. They always are. And they taste better. They hold you longer. They're more nutritious. And so if we want good, if we want really what's good, we'll do it his way. Yes. And another reason why many people don't obey God is because of pride. You know, thinking that you know better than God, that your way is the best way, that you got everything figured out and handled on your own, that you don't need any help, That independent woman, boss, babe mentality, you know, that we're running the show, that mentality, that mindset comes from a spirit of pride. And so when you're living like you're self-made, when you're really God-made, and then God wants to step in and switch up your plans, then that's when you ignore what he has to say, or you just flat out disobey. Not only is pride a sin that God hates, it keeps you from God's best. Yeah. I mean, it says I know better than God. I'm smarter than him. I can handle this better than he can. Like we would never say those sentences, but that's basically what that says. Um, I know God is saying do it this way, but I'm smarter and I'm going to do it this way. God even convicted me of being a perfectionist. You know, he was like, get rid of perfectionism. I am the only one who is perfect. And it's a, it's a striving spirit. It just makes you strive when it makes it makes you tired and God cares about us and he doesn't want us to be striving and beat up and tired. And we can't do it in our own strength. It's a trick of the enemy to feel like you can and God wants to give us rest. Right. And when you're a perfectionist, another thing is you take the credit for things when God deserves all the glory. So pride and perfectionism go hand in hand. So obedience isn't just actions that you take, you know, it's allowing God to transform your character, to humble you, to change you, to change your heart, to transform your mind. You know, those are also acts of obedience, surrendering your will, your life, your heart, your mind, your relationships, everything to God and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's conviction and being quick to repentance. Those are acts of true obedience. 
Yeah, and it's and I'm grateful though to the Holy Spirit because of the way He walks us through the process of transformation. And God will do that. He'll shine on our hearts the things that are not okay. You know, I, and, and I have really just gotten to a place where I can see them now more. Like, I'm, it's not that I'm not okay. It's that this poison is ruining my relationship with you, Sharika. I want you. I did all of this because I want to be with you. And this thing is separating us. This thing is keeping us. And it's not about us doing the right thing the right way, um, as much as it's about God just really wanting, one, to have a real relationship with us, and two, to get the glory out of us, to get the return on his investment. He's invested a lot. He gave his only begotten son so that he could see a particular end. And he has a particular plan for each of us. And we don't all get a chance to see it. And I believe that it grieves the Holy Spirit and breaks his heart. For sure. He absolutely wants for us to see ourselves in a different way um, and to see the enemy in a different way, to see that the enemy is like not only trying to trick you into pride and trick you into independence, but he is using that against you to make it seem like I'm the problem. Sometimes the conversation between you and God about your heart wounds has to be just between you and God. The enemy can't have any say. We can't let him come in and give us reasoning and think through it this way and that way. No, God, how do you see this part of my heart? This is how, Lord, I'm honest. I'm going to be honest with you. I look at it and it looks fine. Makes sense to me. Feels good. I don't see a problem. Um, <laughs> this is working for me. It's keeping me safe. It's keeping me, keeping money in my pocket or whatever it is. Um, be honest about that. But then also be humble enough to allow God to say, I see what you're saying. I see where you're going with this. Uh, but no, <laughs> this is the right thing. And this is the right way. Um, and trusting that he knows what's best. And and I, I encourage people all the time, to start with the fact that, okay, I don't think that your way is good. Be honest about that. God, help me continue to lean into that, to believe that slow. He will walk you through that. He will allow you to walk through that process while you're still in sin because he's trying to get to the root. It's not so much about the thing as we want it to be, as the, as the church even wants it to be. God is trying to get to the root of your heart issue because he wants you whole. He wants you healed. And because he knows once you're whole, once I'm whole, people who you influence will be whole and will be healed. It opens a door. The enemy knows that too. <laughs> That's why he comes for you the way he does, because he knows that there is a particular audience of people that will hear your voice in a way they won't hear mine. And will need to hear your translation of the word of God in the way that you say it. And if he can shut you up or keep you in pride or keep you in pain or keep you mad at Jesus, he will not only bind you up, but bind up all those people who are supposed to be affected by you. So as we close today, I want to recap on why obedience to God is so important. First of all, Jesus calls us to obey. And obedience is an act of worship. God rewards obedience, and obedience to God proves our love. Obedience to God demonstrates faith. And like the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 15, obedience is better than sacrifice. 
and disobedience leads to sin and death. But through obedience, we experience the blessings of holy living. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You will never, ever find true joy outside of God's purpose and plan for your life. We can testify, girl. Well, Sharika, it's been great having you on the show today. Thank you so much for your wisdom and for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. As we end this message on obedience, would you just pray us out? Heavenly Father, I just thank you first and foremost for the ways that you cause divine appointments. I ask, Lord God, that you continue to um, knit the hearts of your people together so that they can hear you, Lord. I pray for those, Lord God, who haven't heard your voice or feel like they haven't heard your voice, Lord God, that you would open their hearts and their ears, Lord God. I rebuke every spirit that causes deafness, Lord God, to separate your children from you, Lord God, because I know that you're speaking to them and I know that you love them and that you're calling them, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you continue to show us your grace and your mercy and pour yourself out on us, Lord God. I pray for those, Lord God, who feel like they've heard you call them to a hard word, who feel like you've called them to an uncomfortable place, Lord God, who've been drawn away into the wilderness, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, even there, even there, we would know your love, God. That even there, God, we would know that it is you who is speaking. I rebuke every plan of the enemy to cause confusion, to make us hear um, from spirits that are not you, to make us be confused about what we hear. Lord God, I pray that you would show your true self to us and that we would see you, that our eyes would be open to see you, Lord God, and not nothing else, no one else, Lord God, um, that we would see the true uh, love of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, that you would surround us, that you would keep us, and that you would help us as we walk on this journey of transformation to grow from glory to glory and to know you more and more and to obey you more and more with your grace, with your strength, with your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to keep in touch with Sharika Chu, you can find Well Ministries on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure to sign up to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. And be sure to subscribe to The Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google. Remember, friends, life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon. Thank you.